Embody respectfully acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia and pays respects to elders past and present. Welcome to Mission Unplugged, genuine conversations about Christian faith in action with young innovators locally, nationally and globally. I'm Emily. And I'm Mitch. Welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of Mission Unplugged. Today, Mitch sat down with Sam Hearn, the former mayor of the Mornington Peninsula Shire in Melbourne. And it's also great to be able to welcome you, Emily, as part of our Embody team. If you're at home wanting to learn a little bit more about Emily, she was on Mission Unplugged in Episode 7, so encourage you to scroll back up the podcast feed and give that episode a listen to learn a bit more about her. But today... We're chatting with Sam, who is one of the leaders of Jigsaw, a missional community-shaped church based in his neighbourhood of Tantai Park in Mornington. Sam was a councillor on the Mornington Peninsula Shire Council between 2016 and 2020, and Mayor of the Shire in 2020. He holds a Bachelor of Psychology, a Master's of Arts in Leadership, and is a graduate of the Arrow Leadership Program, and is currently working as the National Training and Network Coordinator of the Coach Network. He was celebrated as the 2013 Mornington Peninsula Young Australian of the Year. One of the things I loved hearing Sam talk about was the way he spoke about both faith and also politics. The the way they are both inspired by hope um, and that neither are divisive but should be bringing unity and um, connection between people. And I really resonated with how he talked about uh, how we've been forced to live and think locally during COVID. And I know I've really appreciated getting to know my neighbourhood better and uh, living a much more locally integrated life. Let's throw it over to Sam and Mitch. I mean, I think the great caveat to all of that is how you understand and describe and engage in faith and how you understand and describe and engage in politics makes it makes the biggest difference but both also share this this connection between the individual experience and journey and the collective experience and journey as well so you know each citizen has a vote each citizen plays a part each person in in christian faith you know is described as a part of the body you know that kind of thing so it's both are helping people make sense of what's my place, what's my contribution, what's my role, and also how am I supported, how am I cared for, how am I protected and nurtured. G'day Sam, how you going? Yeah, pretty good. Mitch, for a Monday Monday morning start of the week, kids off to school and having a chat to you, so yeah, doing well. That's good. It's great to have you on the podcast. Um, excited to kick off the week by being able to chat to you. Um, so for our listeners, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us, you know, what are the, the highlight points of your story? What's been happening from birth till now? Birth till now. Geez, that yeah. uh, covers a, a fair bit of stuff. Um, so now I can start now. I'm, I'm about to turn 32 this month. Um, I live in um in mornington and the north end of the mornington um peninsula have a couple of young kids five and three both boys um and have been living in in the particular neighborhood um that i live in for um close to a decade now and um so my kind of life um, locally is, is being involved in 
a range of different, um, I guess, Christian community development would be one way of describing it in terms of, I guess, springing from my faith, but quite practical stuff on the ground in social enterprise and, um, yeah, youth work, community work, that kind of thing. Um, and then also at the moment um, working um, as um, the national manager um for network development and training for an organisation called Coach, which is all uh, kind of a, a community mentoring um, initiative around the country. Um, and then in terms of where I've come from um, in the previous 32 years of um, life, um, I'm kind of from, a, um, I guess, a, a, a working class kind of family background, born in, in Ballarat, um, to a family that's got like long term um, for a for a um, a kind of settler family, not a lo- fairly long term roots going back to the gold rush in in Ballarat, Irish kind of um, working class um, background, um, and then um, lived in a few different places around Australia through my childhood um, for a variety of of different reasons. Um, before um, ending up on the Mornington Peninsula when I was about 12, uh, 13 years old. So I've been here longer than anywhere. So it definitely feels like um, home. Um, And, yeah, I've I've kind of um, had an interesting journey in life in terms of, you know, not having any kind of (laughs) coherent career path, at least to this point. You know, I've studied psychology and leadership and a range of different things in terms of um, learning after school. And then um, I've worked uh, for churches, I've worked for public schools, um, I've worked, um, you know, as a CEO in in not-for-profit sort of space um, and I've obviously um, and served as... Um, a public representative as a councillor and mayor. So, um, you know, done some different stints as, you know, a tradie and other things in between times as well. So um, lots of different things have have, um, made up my experience of life so far. It's just a huge variety of stuff. That's great. Yeah. Um, So what does the idea of mission mean to you, Christian mission? Yeah, I mean... I think um, for me, as I was reflecting on this on this question, I was sort of thinking, for me, mission's almost more of a feeling than a, um, you know, the concept or the articulation of it kind of comes after what it, you know, feels like or the sense of it for me. And I guess, um, yeah, one kind of... Um, verse that comes to mind in in response to that question is is from colossians 1 where um it's talking about um jesus more broadly but there's this verse that i love in there that talks about um how jesus and and the christ um you know across the cosmos is so expansive so infinite um and so divine that um everything finds its proper place in him without crowding is kind of the words in the message. And it's sort of my favorite passage is like quoting it directly says, 
all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people, things, animals and atoms um, get properly fixed and, and woven together in vibrant harmonies because of, you know, this, this, this divine past. Um, and I think for me at this stage, that's the best kind of description or understanding I have of mission is the broadness of that verse in time in terms of it's that journey it's that process that we're right in the middle of of everything that's become that's been broken and dislocated being brought back together and restored and made whole and 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 made you know fully alive in the in the way that the creator always meant it to be um and the fact that that's happening to each one of us personally and also we kind of are invited to be part of that process and to give our um particular moment in history our life our skills our energy into that that's kind of at this stage in my life the way that i think of it and understand it um yeah yeah, and feel it and feel that hope of that coming together yeah that's good so when was the first time you kind of felt that yeah so I i think um my first kind of feeling of that was was really pretty soon after my experience of of um becoming a follower of jesus and and i guess um yeah coming to to a faith in in him as the center of my life which was it when i was about 14 or 15 um i was um attending a student at mornington secondary college which at the time um, had kind of probably the worst reputation of all the high schools on the peninsula. It was pretty rough school. It's, it's kind of since really changed and flipped that around to have a great reputation. But, um, yeah, I'd come from a pretty challenging background myself with, with some family dysfunction, family violence, you know, um, poverty, that kind of thing. And a lot of my peers were, were experiencing, you know, family breakdown and, and different stuff like that. So for me, when I when I came to faith and had this breakthrough realization of God's um, unconditional love for me and and the healing of experiencing that love for me personally, I guess I did, again it was a feeling more than a concept, but directly linked to me experiencing that was this sense that that wasn't just for me that that same love and that same embrace of of the creator was there for um my mates and the young people i was going to school with and particularly because of you know the pain and the um, brokenness i could see that they'd already experienced you know in life themselves so yeah i guess my first experience of mission for me i really understood that committing to jesus meant going back into my high school context as a witness to that love as, you know, my primary responsibility being, you know, sharing that kind of love in whatever way I, way I could, words and actions, that kind of thing. And and I guess I didn't really have the words or theological language for it at the time, but, you know, seeking and wanting that God's kingdom to come in some small way um, in that context. So, yeah, that was really my first experience of what people might kind of label as, as mission, you know, saying my community, this is where God's put me. I want to become more like Jesus here. And I want to see other people, you know, actually have that opportunity to, 
to know and find greater wholeness and hope in in God's love for them. So, um, yeah, that that's probably my first real experience of of that. Yeah, that's good. And knowing a bit of your your story, um, that kind of that passion, that sense of mission, then took you to living um, in intentional community in Tantai Park um, in Mornington. Can you tell us a bit about that and about that period of your life that is continuing, is ongoing? Yeah, so it's still my home and still, you know, plugging away at, at, at trying to um, see more of God's goodness yeah, here. So, um, yeah, I think it kind of connected with, with, the, with the journey of, of um, my, my high school experience um, in that a bunch of things – we did in high school running alpha and just a range of different things, just, you know, chatting to people. Um, a lot of those younger people who were impacted by some of the things that, that were, that we did over that time were from this particular neighborhood, this particular part of Mornington, which is quite diverse now, thanks to kind of housing prices, gentrification and being close to the beach, I guess. But um, as historically been a, a kind of housing commission area of, the north end of the peninsula and still has quite a bit of public housing so you know plenty of people and younger people um doing it tough um so i guess some of the stuff we're doing in the school then started to kind of um kind of spill out into the out of school hours and we were, a lot of it was based in this neighborhood um and became part of a um i guess an outreach program that a local Baptist church started called Jigsaw. And then that what was an outreach program after a couple of years, myself and some friends who were, were part of running some of the programs really felt that um, we wanted to move, you know, all move into the neighbourhood in close proximity to each other and, and kind of um, take what had been um, a... Um, interaction with people primarily through different programs at different times of the week and really expand that and flesh that out and fill it out to be our whole lives, where we lived, how we lived and, and what we did um, in all of our lives kind of as part of, of the local community. Um, and so, yeah, over that time, that journey's then meant that that Jigsaw, that kind of program has now morphed into a faith community and, and, you know, we would call it a church, even though it looks quite different to probably lots of um, other kind of traditional churches um, and, and led us to get involved in, you know, all the different, I guess, um, elements of life here, um, obviously spiritual life and journey of people, but then um, the economic life of people in social enterprise, social kind of engagements in terms of, um, creating all sorts of different things to bring people together and support people and nurture people, um, and then even political life in terms of um, yeah representation of of community and and those conversations about you know where do we want to go as a community and what do we need as a community to get there. So um, yeah. So what did it look? What has it looked like for you to live? in a, in community in neighborhood like that what are the kinds of things that you've you've gotten up to 
Um, oh, pretty pretty ordinary most of the time because that's the, the, the main kind of the central pillar of it is just being in one place with the same people for long enough doing the same the day in, day out stuff for for something to, to happen out of that. Um so you know, it, it, it just looks like um, you know, having cups of tea with people enough, having enough conversations, um, you know, being in people's lives enough for layer upon layer of kind of familiarity and trust and relationship to then develop and then, you know, for for some exciting stuff to happen along the way and and, and some hard stuff and, and even heartbreaking stuff to happen at times too. But, um, yeah, we, we just sort of um, have some big things we do each week like community meals and community dinners and um, we've got a, a social enterprise cafe called Home Ground that, obviously operates and and gives a space for some great things to happen as well um and you know take my kid to the local primary school and chat to people when I do that and 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 all those other kind of things fill in those gaps and um one of the you know the real kind of um intentionality is to find ways to to journey deep with the people around us um and and to kind of yeah build that sense of friendship and and family with people and then and then out of that to see what god might do in terms of bringing wholeness and healing and hope um sense of purpose um to people's lives and also to our life as as we're learning more you know what does it actually mean to follow jesus you know what's it actually mean to be a community of followers of jesus and and yeah you kind of discover there's a lot of things we don't know about the answers to that um (laughs) that you kind of find out as you go i guess yeah 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 i'm always curious because i've i've spent a lot of time in circles that sort of touch on this um I'm, i'm going to describe it as this sort of urban missionary movement um that sort of sense of being embedded in neighborhood and things like that and um, the more I talk to people, um, you know, because it sounds so so wonderful, you know, you you put yourself in in place and you um, invest in the local neighbourhood, and you know, from there, built through building relationships, you know, God's kingdom comes that little bit closer, ideally. But like, is there is there a trick to it? Is there? <laughs> you know, I've I've read so, I've read so many books and I've talked to so many people, and. I, I keep looking for that, you know, here's the trick. Here's the thing that you do to build that really intentional community among your neighbours, among your your neighbourhood. Does it exist? Is there a trick? I don't think there's really a trick. I mean, I think um, actually it kind of comes back to that that verse I meant that in a pretty practical way. I mean, I think the the challenge more than the trick is is that, you know, it feels like our society and our way of life is set up in such a way as to try and, you know, pull all the different parts of life further apart from each other yeah, constantly. Like the, yeah. the gravitational pull is actually to, to separate things out and create distance between, you know, the key parts of our human experience, at least in, in a Western kind of context. And the most challenging part of, of, um, as an individual and as a community of faith, you know, having a kind of whole, well-formed, well-rounded, integrated expression of 
of discipleship, you know, kingdom life, the, the challenge is to, to kind of use your energy to hold and pull those pieces back together yeah. when all the kind of things like, you know, whether it's study and education, career, housing and housing affordability, um, yeah, you name it, the way of life for most of us seems to be that everyone kind of moves, even just family moves further away and you mm, spend more mm. of your time having to, you know, travel and go to commute, different yeah. places. And yeah, so I think that's the biggest, the biggest trick. And interestingly enough, yeah, one of the, the most interesting experiences of 2020 in this space was for us in Victoria, the whole five kilometre lockdown mm. limit for the period of time that was there, which was a substantial enough period of time for it to it create sure a new way of life for everyone. Yeah. And yeah. there was plenty of things I hated about it, primarily that the surf break that I surf at is more than 5K away. And so I had some kind of terrible um, withdrawal kind of symptoms of not being able to get get into the surf. But um, it was really interesting the way everyone was forced to have a locally integrated life for that period of time. Um, and it kind of flipped all the, the kind of push to that we all experience the rest of the time to spread ourselves kind of fairly thin. Um, it kind of pushed it all in. And I think that's the, it's not, it's not a very deep theological or conceptual answer, but I think it, it's the thing if you can, yeah, the challenge with, with community is the pressure for people to move and leave and all the relational kind of, you know, capital you put in then kind of in some ways feels like it gets lost and you start all over again, whether it's with Christian people who've been part of your community or people in the neighbourhood who move on. And um, so the challenge is holding enough, kind of holding enough together to create something over enough period of time when, when so much, so much kind of is pushing against that from, from happening. So yeah, that, that it's not a trick per se, but it is, it is kind of, yeah, one of the things I've noticed is kind of the critical element of how to do that. And obviously part of it is how do you do that without it becoming a kind of a dictatorial kind of rules-based yeah. order because it's not about yeah, yeah. forcing people that yeah. they can't do what they've got to do for the realities yeah. of life. Yeah, it's just about yeah. you're, you're not allowed to move away. Yeah, You've got to stay that's here. right. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would what what kind of transitions you into a cult is when you start telling people that they're <laughs> not allowed to move away or do something else. But at the same point, yeah, that kind of uh, understanding that we all need to put in real effort to stick together and grow closer together and and go deeper with each other, and that's going to take yeah take some real effort and commitment. Yeah, yeah, it's a natural thing when you're in proximity to one another, but we're not. We're in a world that doesn't yeah. um, facilitate that well. Yeah. But who knows? After last year, maybe we'll we'll be travelling back that way more. And mm. and I kind of feel like with climate change and sustainability and some of those things, you know, the, some of the resources and and balance, you know, in in kind of being more local versus trying to live, you know, in such a broad way, you know there might be more things on the horizon that, that make our way of life more localized again. And, and maybe that's a good thing and it will be a healthy thing for a lot of people. So, yeah. So one of the things that has come out of your, um, your expression of embeddedness in your neighborhood 
you were part of the Mornington Peninsula Shire Council um, for a number of years and were even uh, elected mayor or became the mayor. Tell us a bit about that process. Um, how did you come to be on the council? Like, talk to me practically as well. If I wanted to be a councillor on a local council, how would I do that? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't something I'd had plans or ambitions for um, by any means. But, yeah, looking back, it, it kind of was a, a natural step in the journey of, of um you know, learning to be a good citizen, learning to um, be the kind of human being I wanted to want to be in, in my community. Um, so I was elected back in 2016. At the end of that year was was the kind of a, a election where where I kind of um, was put into the role. And at the start of the year, it was you know wasn't something I was even thinking about. And if someone had said I'd be a local councillor by the end of that year, I would have laughed. Um, laughed at them but yeah it just kind of was one of those things where I spent yeah quite a number you know so many years before that point at a local level involved in all sorts of community work and community development and and all that kind of stuff And, and obviously it was springing from my faith and my hope my hope for a better future for the for my community and the people around me um and back in 2013 actually I was awarded the Young Citizen of the Year for the Mornington Peninsula based on all that stuff that I'd been doing and that was a, a really, um, you know, a, a really um, wonderful kind of surprise and a nice, um, I guess, affirmation from the my wider community about their appreciation for what I'd been kind of doing. Um, and then as the elections were coming up, um, some people in the local community suggested that I should kind of put my hand up and, and run for council. And I kind of laughed it off, laughed it off initially. Um, and, but it kind of just stuck in my mind. Uh, yeah. Something about it stuck in my mind and I had some, um, a little bit of um, room in my life where it, it kind of could practically be possible for it, for it to, to fit. I mean, it is a pretty significant time commitment and probably I didn't realize how much time, it would be week to week, but theoretically, yeah. I've had I felt like I had enough time to 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 be able to to do it. Um, so I just was kind of yeah thinking about it and discerning about it, and um, yeah, as part of that, I went to uh, another local Christian leader who um, uh, who I'd been doing some other stuff with, and and just you know wanted to pick his brain about what he thought he'd been pretty involved in like the Chamber of Commerce and other things locally. Um, so I really respected some of his view and um, that really confirmed it for me in that he'd sort of said that just that week before I you know, raised it, he'd had a sense that um, that someone he knew was, was going to, you know, have a talk to him about that and that it was the right thing and the right timing for that person. So it felt like at least, you know, that kind of final thing that I needed, which was, yeah, God's in this enough for me at least to, throw my hat in the ring and say, look, you know, I'm available if my community wants to elect me to do that. So, yeah, so I didn't really have, you know, any kind of um, finance. I think I, you know, had about 200 so dollars of my own money to print a bunch of flyers and some mates helped me with website and Facebook kind of social media campaign, that kind of thing. 
Um, didn't have any ads in the newspaper or billboards or any sort of money for that kind of thing, but just a lot of word of mouth. And I guess the fact that I'd spent so many years, um, you know, living, you know, com- my community, my hope for the community out at a, at a local level meant that word of mouth um, kind of thing spread. I hadn't, you know, I've never been part of a political party at this point in my life. So I didn't have any kind of, of that backing either. Um, but I ended up, getting elected with the second most votes to um, the lady who went on to become the first first mayor of, of our four-year term. So, and she'd been a councillor for 10 years. So, um, so yeah, got a lot of support and, and ended up in the role. And, yeah, it was one of those things where I wasn't sure if I was hoping to get elected or hoping to, to not get elected <laughs> on, on election day. But, um, yeah. yeah, the you know, very quickly found and discovered that the role of serving um, as as a local council was incredibly um, rich in terms of the breadth of different um, things in the community that you're connected to and that you would learn about and then that ultimately you'd be making important decisions about for the best, um, yeah, the common good of, of, of our people down here. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the learning process, the, the the real privilege of meeting so many people who are doing amazing things. You know, you meet far more people than most people get to who are community-minded and doing great things. Um, and then over that time, over the four-year term, you know, that process of build, slowly building the trust, the relationships, the partnerships to get, you know, important things happening um, with the community. So. Yeah, it was it was a it was a really um, fantastic experience. Um, pretty, you know, challenging. Pretty um, intense in terms of some of the demands on on you um, throughout that time. But um, yeah, incredibly uh, meaningful experience for me for me to serve in that role. Um, and I always, yeah, the my the thing I always remind myself came back to is, you know, I'm a citizen first and a councillor second. I I, I live you know, I live out this idea of loving neighbour first and if I do that well and have an integrity in who I am at that level, then I'll have something to offer as a representative, as a leader um, for my community. So, yeah. 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 And so you were you were the, the mayor of the Mornington Peninsula Shire yep. um, from the end of 2019 yep. through... End 2020, of 2020 yeah. lucky you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so in that time, you you had to deal with COVID. Um, you but you also um, the council launched the climate emergency plan. Yeah, um, for the Mornington Peninsula Shire, which is very exciting, very awesome. Um, did a whole bunch of work around um, homelessness and housing, and um, all sorts of amazing things. I'm just what what are the responsibilities of a mayor? Um, and, (laughs) and, you know, off the back of all of that, what was it about being in local politics that was a really good expression of the kingdom of God for you at that time or that drew you into that, that gave you opportunities to live out that kingdom vision? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the local part is probably the first answer in that sense that, um, rather than it just being a separate box you know, being part of the local democratic process and partnering with others at that level, 
you know, then meant I was part and could be part of seeking a more compassionate, caring, whole, just community. Um, and the fact that at the local level, you know, you you probably have more of that chance to to build that partnership through relationship um, and, and do it directly based on who you are and, and the knowledge. You know, the, the higher levels you go up, probably the harder that might might be. Although I think, you know, it'd still be possible with our system of local representation. But at the current time, it seems arguably like it's less about the local space and more about, you know, what political party you fall into or what ideology you ascribe to rather than, you know, what place on earth are you Actually, coming from yeah. representing. So, yeah. um, and that's really your primary role, hey, is, is to if you're a leader, if you're a mayor, it's to be a good listener, be present enough, um, learn what's really going on for people in your community. Um, and, and then once you do that, and if you're actually actively part of that, you can start to be a voice an advocate, speak about those things. You can start to pull people together, um, and say, Hey, these are the, the big issues, the themes, the challenges we need to actually, face up to an address and and that obviously then leads to points of decision making and governance that that's another key part of the role is is key decision making and key governance um governance being what kinds of things yeah so obviously i mean the most obvious example is council meetings that you know happen every every fortnight and alternate um weeks are, are filled with briefings and and information kind of receiving and gathering but the whole point of those is to come to votes and to come to you know issues to be brought to a head to be developed worked on and 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 key decisions being placed in front of you to go yep this is what we're gonna do um based on the work with and for the community and and that kind of thing so um and you know local council that covers everything from you know maternal health kindergartens you know, rubbish and, and, and waste management through to planning and the future of our um, built and natural environment, environments, you know, through to aged care, um, through to environmental um, kind of responsibility. So it's, you know, just about any, any kind of issue you can think of. Um, so it's that engagement at the community level and communication, it's advocacy, it's um, decision-making and, and governance um, those are the kind of key things that I see as, as part of it. And then, you know, partnership and seeking to work effectively with the other key institutions in our society, other levels of government, other institutions, um, and, and trying to kind of get outcomes that aren't directly within our own control that we think are what our community um, needs as well. So um, it's, it's working across a whole range of levels, um, and and for me, I think you know a good representative is has a touch point into the very grassroots, very ordinary, small kind of things that that might look of small importance, but that then informs, you know, your role at at the kind of high, you know, what we might kind of stereotypically call highest level of responsibility you're holding. So, um, and being mayor in 2020 was obviously one out of the box in terms of. We started started the year with a full plate of yeah, and it was the last year of the council term, so really critical year in terms of finishing off 
a range of projects that we'd spent years and years pulling together. So I was very, my key role, you know, the mayor, um, my, my kind of philosophy of being mayor was the mayor is meant to serve the other councillors as that those councillors are serving the community, the citizens. So my key role wasn't just to do what I wanted. My key role was to have everything put in place so the whole group of councillors could be at their best um, delivering for the community. Um, yeah, so we had a whole kind of board of strategic priorities and goals and and meetings and and things for the year to tick off. And then obviously on top of that, landing on the plate, we had um, the, the, the Malakuta bushfires and the evacuation initially and then obviously the defining kind of experience of global pandemic and, and COVID-19, um, yeah, to kind of really define most of 2020 as well. So it was kind of working on both fronts, you know, not, you know, not dropping the ball or, or keep, keeping advancing all the kind of planned priorities, which we, we managed to really do, which was great. Um, and some of those were, you know, more critical than ever. So, you know, we were planning, you know, hundred million plus dollars worth of building works. And that was critical because that building work progressing was keeping people in jobs locally um, through the pandemic. Um, but then it was also, you know, having to respond as a leader, bringing a sense of calm and, and considered kind of purpose and direction in the midst of all the uncertainty and, and anxiety um, of, of COVID-19 hitting and the, the massive disruption that's been to people's lives and trying to trying to pull the community together to really unite and, and stand in solidarity, reach out, care for neighbours, you know, and on a bunch of practical levels and also, you know, emotional and, um, and social levels. Yeah, feeling like the role of mayor is to be seen to, to rally rally the community and and pull people's kind of vision and attention towards being the very best that we can be at those times mm -hmm. rather than, you know, the risk of letting our fears and our anxieties um, cause us to, to not be who we want to be in those moments. So, yeah, that's kind of a broad gamut of different things that, yeah, were on my plate. That's good. It's a busy, tough job, hey? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the kind of... Defining thing is just yeah how much different things you have to keep a handle on and be aware of and and lots of balls to keep in the air at the same time really so um I don't know if you've heard uh, the old adage um, that um, you know politics and faith together is like um, mixing dog crap and ice cream. Right. Oh, no. doesn't do much to improve the dog crap, no. uh, but it completely ruins the ice cream. Yeah, right. What are your thoughts on faith and politics and how those sort of hold together? I mean, I think the great caveat to all of that is how you understand and describe and engage in faith and how you understand and describe and engage in politics makes makes the biggest difference. But I guess I see incredible and have experienced, you know, a lot of overlap between the two in the sense that I think fundamentally to do both well at least, um, they're both inspired and motivated by a sense of hope and more particularly a hope that the world, our communities might be more of a certain way in the future. So whether it's um, 
faith and our lives in that kind of space, whether it's politics and engaging with others, this sense of a vision for life to be, you know, kinder, you know, less painful, more just, more inclusive, uh, more whole, you know, happier, whatever it might be, you know, that's what I understand, you know, this kind of vision of God's kingdom in a faith kind of sense and and ultimately for people who are um, engaging in politics for the right reasons, I think, it, you know, and, and for all of us as citizens, it's at its best when it's kind of coming together going, well, what is our hope for the future? We're individually bringing our experiences, you know, both good things and hard things and 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 having conversations and moving towards shared shared action, shared decision around that. Um, so I think both share that very much at their foundation. And then I think both also share this, this connection between the individual experience and journey and the collective experience and journey as well. So, you know, each citizen has a vote, each citizen plays a part, each person in, in Christian faith, you know, is described as a part of the body, you know, that kind of thing. So it's both are helping people make sense of what's my place, what's my contribution, what's my role, and also how am I supported, how am I cared for, how am I protected and nurtured. Um, and, and I think in that both are really about human formation, like the idea of discipleship and how do I become more fully human through my faith I think has a lot to connect to and, and a lot to to learn from in terms of that idea of just citizenship and, you know, who am I as a human being as part of my society, what's my role and and how do I, you know, give to that and then also, yeah, what are, what are, what are the, my rights as well as my responsibilities. So there's lots of overlap I see. Um, but where I think they kind of, you know, the, the alluding to the dog crap and ice cream and, and, you know, for me, you know, personally sometimes kind of the, the cringe factor or the, the anxiety about, you know, people seeing me as a Christian in, in, as a public representative is probably connected to some of the worst ways those kind of things have been pushed together um in terms of um i would say yeah both faith and politics need to be approached with a really healthy humility and with a really um healthy admission of how much we don't know at any one point in time that there's a lot of mystery and a lot of complexity to both faith and and the journey of spirituality and to politics and the complexity and mystery of how human beings can best you know live well together um and when you think you have all the answers and when you think you, you're right and everyone else just needs to listen to you and do what you're saying and you combine your faith and your politics in that way, it can do far, far more harm than good, I guess. And, and you know, without naming names or, you know, pointing to probably some of the, where we've seen that happen, uh, you know, anyone listening would probably think of a thousand and one examples of that being the case. Um, yeah, that has happened a lot more than we need it to but yeah for me both faith and politics is learning to listen a lot more and learning to be a learner a lot more than than I tell people things or are the one always kind of showing people the right way to do things um, but if we are you know listening and learning um, yeah I think what we find is it always comes back to love as the central kind of um, goodness and in both faith faith and politics if we're really loving the people 
and and the place the, the the kind of natural world around us and we're willing to be changed and deepened by in those loving encounters then you know whether it's through faith or politics or both together we will be people that bring life into our communities um and actually we kind of discover that we need to you know bring life into our communities through both faith and politics like it as human beings our spirituality draws us together and and makes us more whole in a bunch of ways and and our political life also does that when it's working properly too so um yeah that would that'd be some of the things i'd kind of share about that from my experiences yeah amen man amen so rapidly running out of time unfortunately i would love to keep chatting more about all of this stuff but um for people who might be interested in connecting with you, um, what are your, your current areas of focus um, with the, the coach network and where would people be able to find out more about you, connect with you and find out what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, probably the easiest way um, is um, you can jump on the, on the coach website and our team's in there. And that's just coachnotnetwork.org. And the easiest way for people to directly contact me is just probably through my email at the moment, which is, really easy it's just sam at coachnetwork.org um so if you can remember that at the moment i've you know i've had a break from facebook and social media platforms since probably the end of last year because i'd kind of been it had been such a kind of big part of you know interfacing with world and community that yeah so i'm not really active on those kind of things at the moment although you can find me still and and shoot stuff through to me on messenger if you want to um, but yeah, email's a good way. Um, yeah, so if you if you want to connect up, go for it. Thanks, heaps, Sam. It's been awesome chatting, um, and yeah, I've really just valued you and all your your contributions. I you know more people like you at all levels of politics, and I think things would be working a little bit more smoothly at times, in my opinion. <laughs> That's a kind thing for you to say, Mitch. Appreciate. It. Thanks heaps to Sam Hearn for joining us on Mission Unplugged. If you want to connect more with Sam, you can find out more about him and the work he's doing as part of the Coach Network at coachnetwork.org or on Facebook at Coach Community Mentoring. All the links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Mission Unplugged, a podcast by Embody. If you enjoyed the conversation, please rate and leave a review so more people can find us and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Join the conversation right now on our Discord server at embody.org.au forward slash discord. Embody is a national community of young people passionate about mission locally, nationally, and globally. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at embodyau and visit our website at embody.org.au. All the links are in the show notes. Embody is part of the Global Mission Partners family. We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia and pay respects to elders past and present. We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and culture. Music in the show is by Josh Woodward. We'll catch you next time and thanks for listening to Mission Unplugged. Mission Unplugged.